Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet. I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors take opening night with a 97-94 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, bit of a sloppy game on both sides, but sloppy can be very beautiful, especially when you come through with the win. And I thought the effort from the Raptors uh, from start to finish, especially the Raptors starters, um, the Raptors did play a deeper bench, but unfortunately, similar to last year, their bench was not very productive. Um, but the starters came through with an incredible effort. Um, you know, you just look across the board, Scotty Barnes leading the way, five blocks, two steals. OJ Anobi, three blocks, two steals. Some incredible sequences, including on Scotty's fifth block of the game in the fourth quarter. A tight game. Raptors had just got a play that really should have been goaltended, um, called for a goaltend. Uh, Rudy Gobert came over to, to, to block Pascal's spin move, but looked very much like a goaltend. Wasn't called. The Timberwolves break. Scotty rotates over, blocks it at the rim, um, and Dennis dives out of bounds, saves the ball by wrapping it behind him. It is such a wild save that it bounces off of the Raptors' own basket, off the backboard, and then directly somehow into the safe hands of one of the Raptors, and the Raptors are able to break off of that for a dunk. Like, that's the type of effort we saw here today. And um, they needed it because Minnesota is a tough matchup for this team. I mean, Minnesota has a lot of size, and they're really, really able to guard the rim. And if the Raptors have a really good advantage, it's, it's how often they can get to the rim. But in the half court, it was a true difficult challenge for the Raptors to get all the way to the basket. That's why Pascal shot 5 of 17. A couple of his finishes the down low were just not um, not strong enough or going up with one foot or, honestly, a couple uncalled goaltends. Like, you get to a point where, yeah, you know, there wasn't much scoring for him near the basket. Scotty Barnes going downhill near the basket wasn't much scoring, right? OJ Anobi, same kind of deal. Um, but what the Raptors were able to do a really, really great job of, and this is the strength for this team, is their transition play. And I think, you know, for this team in particular, their defense is going to feel so much of their transition play because what they did to Minnesota today, Minnesota shot 34 of 100, right? Minnesota actually got 100 shots up, which is kind of amazing. They did a great job on the offensive glass to put a lot of pressure. Gobert leaning on people. You know, Anthony Edwards, you know, got his hands in there for a couple of deflections, got a ton of, um, you know, second chances for his team. 16 offensive rebounds for Minnesota to only eight for Toronto. Last year, you would probably see an inverse of the situation where the Raptors would always out-rebound their opponent, and they would typically out-shoot their opponent in terms of having more shot attempts. However, the Raptors were able to play really, really solid defense over the balance of the possession. Um, it did help that Minnesota would come up with a couple of gaps. Like I said, it was a sloppy game. A couple you know, pretty big errors from Minnesota down the stretch there in the fourth quarter. Their offense just wasn't impressive. But at the same time, the Raptors' shot defense was, was really good. I mean, you look at the fact that Car Anthony Towns shoots 8 of 25 from the field, and I know he shoots a lot of threes. That's obviously a big part of his game. He was only 2 of 10 from 3, but... Even if you t- take that away, I mean, he's still only, what, 6 of 16 or 6 of 15 from um, from two-point range? Like, Raptors did a really great job. That was Scotty Barnes, who was primarily on Carl Anthony Towns. Um, but, you know, great effort there from Precious, great effort even from McDaniels, Pascal. A lot of guys got uh, turns guarding Towns, and they did a great job against him. Anthony Edwards, it looked like he was going to kill the Raptors to start because I think he had, like, 10 straight points. Um, after the Raptors took an early lead, uh, Anthony Edwards goes on a personal 10-2 run against Toronto, and it was just like, you know, pull-up three, mid-range pull-up, getting to the basket, gets fouled twice. Like, guys, he was just going through guys, and that's OG Anobi he was going up against. OG was, you know, late in a couple of uh, screens, and maybe the Raptors just needed to get more uh, together as a group because they just weren't really able to um, to track Anthony Edwards. And I was gonna be like, man, it's going to be a long night if we can't guard Anthony Edwards. 
But basically from the first quarter onward, like not a lot from Anthony Edwards. One time he hit a pull-up three late in the game to kind of give the Raptors a bit of a scare. Um, but ultimately, we're talking about 8 of 27 from the field. 8 of 27 from the field. And 6 of 6 from the foul line, you'll live with that. With, with, with how much Ant was used in this game, you totally live with the fact that he only got to the foul line six times. And I feel like it was only two times after the first quarter. So you're really, really solid from that point onwards. And, of course, that credit goes there in the infamous words of Darko Ryakovic. The credit goes to three words, OG Ananobi. Because OG's defense from the first quarter onward was excellent. Like, it, weirdly enough, it took Pascal, who actually got the first stop against uh, Ant, uh, and tried to attack Pascal one-on-one. Pascal cut him off, used his length, you know, got him to give up the ball after a couple of tries, swung it to Shake Milton. Shake tried to attack. Pascal was in that same middle of the floor, shut down Shake, and then um, that eventually led to a bad possession where the Timberwolves couldn't really get a shot off and the Raptors were breaking the other way for a layup. But from that point onward, OG and Obi for the remaining three quarters did such a good job covering Anthony Edwards. Obviously a lot of great help by the Raptors. And when you play all that great defense, there's so many opportunities to run. And I thought the Raptors actually wasted a couple opportunities in transition. Like, it wasn't exactly a perfect break. But that kind of counterattack basketball was, was beautiful to watch. Like, you know, Dennis pushing the pace, but OG, Scotty, and, and Pascal, those three guys, such an advantage in transition because you're almost always going to be able to get downhill and get to the basket. And some really unselfish play by all three of those guys. You know, all you know, the Raptors as a team collectively really buying into – you know, making the next passes, making opportunities for each other, but especially in fast break, just breaking and just pushing for each other. That's where they got the majority of the offense because their half-court, you know, scoring still needs help. I think when, and I'll definitely review the tape before I go on the Raptors show again tomorrow with, with Blake and Alex, but just watching this game, I did get the distinct impression that the Raptors, you know, missed a, a lot of makeable shots, especially in the paint. I mean, obviously Minnesota's uh, rim protection with Gobert and with Towns, um, is obviously going to be formidable. I mean, they had, what, eight blocks between them. And um, even the length of Nikhil Alexander-Walker uh, and Anthony Edwards on the perimeter, they do a good job of sort of keeping you from getting to the spots you want to get to in the first place before the fact that they have these two seven-footers just ready to block you. But I thought the Raptors made a couple of bad reads and a, even a couple of miss, you know, makeable shots. You know, like Pascal thought had a couple of great opportunities to finish, and he just used the wrong finish. I thought OG had a couple of uncoordinated moments and turned the ball over. Those are plays where he could have scored. Scotty. You know, honestly, I, I didn't really take too much issue with any of the shots he took today, except for one quick pull three in, in to start the first or the, the, the third quarter, which I thought was a little iffy. But, you know, ultimately, there were guys who missed a couple of makeable shots. Precious, you know, had a great move against Anthony Edwards in the fourth quarter, uh, was able to muscle his way to the hoop, got separation and just had like a five foot jump hook, missed it, had another putback before that along the baseline, probably five foot again, jump hook, missed it. Like those kind of opportunities are, were not there. And also for Gary. Uh, he had a lot of great looks, but he got blocked quite a few times as well. So I actually think their half-court execution was okay. Um, you know, I, they weren't ever going to be super efficient in this matchup, especially this early in the season. But at the same time, I thought they actually got decent looks. They could have knocked those down. However, their defense was there for them, and their transition play was there for them. And honestly, I think that's where the Raptors' like defense or strength is still going to lie. And I understand that there's going to be the .5 offense. And, uh, you know, we've seen that approach at least for the Raptors, like we're definitely seeing less forced one-on-one. Like you can really count maybe ten one-on-one possessions all game, and if there were one-on-one possessions, a lot of those were like good one-on-one possessions where it's, it was decently spaced and um, you know it was a good matchup. Like I don't mind if Pascal goes one-on-one against Kyle Anderson. I don't mind if he goes one-on-one against Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I don't mind if Dennis tries to take Mike Conley off the dribble. Like Mike Conley, with all due respect, like he's very quick, very still, very really good pro. 
um, you know, really responsible point guard, but Dennis just blowing by him one-on-one, I'm cool with that, right? Uh, I'm cool with Scotty trying to take guys one-on-one, you know, but, uh, you know, ultimately a lot of, you know, making the next pass. And, um, yeah, when you look across the board, 27 assists, it helps that the Raptors made 14 threes uh, out of 35 for 40%. I mean, if, look, if you can tell me the Raptors have that every single night, I'm going to tell you the Raptors are going to have a 50-win season. But obviously this is not going to be a situation that's going to repeat itself on a consistent basis. But at the same time, the Raptors' ball movement was really strong, and they got a lot of really, really great looks. I, I love seeing OG lead the team in three-point attempts at nine. I mean, you know, he, he turned down a three earlier in the game. Just I think the, one of the first possessions he got the ball and came around a screen, and he was open for to catch and shoot for three on the wing. Instead, he put it on the floor, got into the middle of the paint, ended up taking a turnaround two because he couldn't get all into the basket. Like, that was frustrating me. But the rest of the game, he was pulling them from three, trailing from the top, in the corners, and he did a great job. You know, and I need him to, you know, continue at this pace. Like, nine a game is very, very healthy for what OJ Anobi needs to do for this team. And he knocked down four of those. Dennis Schroeder coming in and making a huge impact for the starting group, especially in this matchup, especially with how much uh, paint protection and sort of sizes out there for Minnesota. Not only do they start with Gobert and Towns, but they bring Nas Reed off the bench, another seven-footer. You know, Kyle Anderson is a big sub. Like, they don't really play any small guys at all. Like, Conley's the only small guy they played. Kind of similar to the Raptors, really, where we only really play Dennis and Malachi, but everyone else is, like, really, really big. Um, you're going to have a hard time getting to the basket, and so you're going to need a lot of perimeter play to unlock that. And I thought Dennis was awesome, but I'll cover that in a second. But just in general, um, you know, the, the execution uh, for the Raptors, um, you know, in, in terms of their approach was, was, was strong. And I, I like the fact that, you know, guys were able to at least confidently step into enough threes. This is on a night where Gary was kind of off of three, one of four. Um, but I liked his looks. McDaniel's got some wide open looks, couldn't knock those down. Precious got some wide open looks. And, you know, for a guy like Pascal, for example, three of five from three on a night where he couldn't get anything to drop inside the, the paint, whether he was getting blocked or just missing some shots. The fact that he goes three of five from three is huge, including a big three in the fourth quarter, right? I mean, like, you know, Pascal in this game ends up playing 34 minutes. Um, you know, wasn't in foul trouble or nothing. I mean, he wasn't really on fire either. Five of 17 is not good. But at the same time, he had the legs to step into some threes late in the game and pick and pop with, uh, you know, Dennis Schroeder was a really, really huge play um, in the fourth quarter there down the stretch. Gave the Raptors, I think, a six-point lead after the Raptors made a super hustle play. That was the play where uh, Scotty with the block, Dennis with the save, off the glass. The Raptors get the rebound. They come back, pick and pop. And they get Pascal an open three and knocked it down, stepped into it, confident. Next opportunity had another pick-and-pop look, was in and out, but a really, really good look. So, you know, the fact that he had the legs to sort of knock down those shots, I mean, I'm, I know I'm really just talking about a one of two in the fourth quarter, but honestly, a lot of games in previous seasons, Pascal wasn't going a one of two in the fourth quarter from three, you know? And, and those extra little bits are was just, just enough to get the Raptors over the top. An OG corner three here, you know, like a little extra effort here in transition. And honestly, I'm impressed by the fact that they were able to keep their conditioning for that too, right? Because in this matchup, you knew you had to score a lot in transition, not only because of the fact that they have great, great rim protection, but, you know, guys like Rudy and, 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 and Towns, they're not getting back in transition. They're not like, you know, they're just not that fast. They're just gigantic lumbering people that <laughs> if they're missing shots, they're not going to get back. Now, guys like Carl Anthony Towns might get back a little bit better because he's mostly camping at the three-point line. Um, and so he has a shorter distance to recover, but like you have that chance to run, and the Raptors did take that opportunity. And I was actually really impressed by Darko like going to a smaller group for a majority of this game because at least on paper you would think, okay, you have you know these three centers on the other side um, who are all true seven footers who all have some sort of offensive game. Um, you know, okay, 
you should probably keep Jakob Proto out there as much as possible. Like, you expected Jakob, if I had to guess, coming into this game, I'd probably guess Jakob plays 30-plus minutes, if not, like, 32, 33. He ends up only playing 24, and he didn't even end up closing the game. And maybe the intention was for him to come into the game. You know, uh, Darko did have uh, Jakob come to the scorer's table with about two minutes left, and, you know, I guess there just wasn't a break in play for him to get into the game. But, like, the intention for a lot of this game to, you know, to close the first half... Um, to close the the game itself, Jakob wasn't on the floor. And I think part of that is because of the fact that, you know, Precious was, you know, playing a little bit better than him. I thought Jakob actually played perfectly fine. I mean, he missed two free throws, which was disappointing, but I thought he played well overall. But, you know, having that speed and that trend and that pace and transition, having the ability to switch a lot of those pick and rolls, because they were kind of going at Yak, um, you know, whether that was Conley or mostly Anthony Edwards coming off those pick and rolls, Having the ability to stick like a Precious Achua on Gobert and, you know, if it's a pick-and-roll situation with, um, you know, Anthony Edwards and um, trying to use a Gobert screen, you can switch that. Now you have, you know, um, OG who can credibly hold up a center in the post. And I thought OG did some really good, um, you know, just boxing out and muscling his guy and making some extra efforts. Just like the little little plays that aren't highlights, but I thought he did, you know, what was needed for the Raptors to to secure this result. But, like, just think about it. Like, you have some great matchups across the board um, when you have this kind of, you know, size and ability, right? Like, if Anthony Edwards trying to run a pick-and-roll with Gobert, you could switch that, and you have Precious on Anthony Edwards, and you have OG on Rudy Gobert. Pretty good matchups. I'm comfortable with all, um, both of those, right? Or if uh, Ant tries to run some sort of action with Carl Anthony Towns, well, you have Scotty Barnes guarding Towns. And so if you got to switch that, Scotty is now on um, Ant, which you're okay with. And now you have uh, OG covering Towns, which you're also okay with. And, you know, even if they try to run some other actions, you know, like they were still able to involve Pascal a lot on those switches. They played a decent amount of Jalen McDaniels. And even though he couldn't really knock down any threes, I thought the shots that he took were good. Um, and defensively, he was able to provide some length. Um, wasn't his best game, but even still, there's another element that they can even go to in terms of McDaniel's coming in and sort of preserving that big wing look. So, I mean, look, it's not a surprise. Everyone who's watched the Raptors, especially this Vision 6-9, this is the whole idea. But seeing it in execution uh, today w- was really nice. And um, the only thing that I would say today is the Raptors did make some really, really good first efforts, but second efforts when a guy would leave his feet on a closeout um, now you're like, okay, now I got to scramble back into the play and rotate and get the next guy. You got to help my helper, all that kind of stuff. That I thought was a little bit lacking. Um, and that's where I think they were a little bit fortunate with Minnesota missing so many good chances. I mean, they shot eight of 31 from three. Um, you know, th- they had a lot of opportunities, even that to put back stuff like that. They turned it over or they missed it. Um, so I think the Raptors definitely need to look at the tape. And there were some second effort plays, like, you know, Scotty with his hand down or Scotty jumping for a cat, uh, you know, pump fake at the three-point line but not recovering into the play but you know their first layer of, of help was really good and that's where Scotty with the five blocks you can't say anything about sort of his initial help defense was, was phenomenal in this game um, OG kind of the same deal not only having to chase Edwards all game and Edwards being super aggressive but you know going through with that and still having the legs to run back in transition and still having the legs to knock down some threes that's huge Jakob coming in with some help side rotations uh, precious as well so you know, this is the strength of the team, and uh, we saw it here tonight. So a lot of impressive things, and I haven't even gotten to Dennis Schroeder, who I thought did a really, really good job in his debut for the Raptors. But we're going to take a quick break here on the Raptors Reaction Podcast. Uh, you've been listening 
on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Welcome back to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, William Liu. Continue to recap the Toronto Raptors' 97-94 to win on opening night over the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, yep, um, one more positive to touch on before getting to a couple of the you know, negatives or the, sort of the strange plays that sort of took place in this game. Um, Dennis, what a debut for Dennis Schroeder. Um, the stat shared by Raptors uh, PR was that the last Raptor to score 20-plus in their debut was Kawhi Leonard. Now, of course, no one's going to no say he's Kawhi Leonard, but Kawhi had 24 in his debut. Uh, probably quite probably has 24 in his sleep, honestly. But no, Dennis was awesome, man. And and yeah, one of the more impressive debuts we've seen from a Raptor. Raptors really needed his offense tonight. Really, really needed it. And I think that you know it's it's sort of about a balance, right? I mean, like I don't think most nights you're going to see 22 from from Dennis. Um, obviously, he shot the three really well tonight. Had a you know uh, a nice kick out, I think, from Pascal to Dennis to hit a three in the fourth. Um, Dennis also with a nice setup where he just drove downhill and, and, and sort of kicked it across the, the baseline to OG in the corner for a three in the fourth as well. So a couple of big plays in big moments before Dennis, uh, including that save, which I thought was really the play of the night. Um, you know, Scotty with the block and then Dennis with the uh, save to set up to Pascal for three later on. But, yeah, I mean, you know, especially in games like this, you're going to need obviously a balance, right? And. Um, you know, there weren't a lot of opportunities to sort of feed Jakob, for example, in the pick and roll. Um, wasn't a lot of uh, opportunities for Dennis to, um, you know, just wasn't that kind of space, um, you know, in the middle of the floor, in the paint. It was just very cluttered. But I think with Dennis, a couple of things. Number one, you see the speed, right? Like, the, I mean, everyone has, who has seen him in the league already knows. But he has one of the quickest, not just speed, but like just raw quickness. Like, we're talking zero to 60 of that acceleration. I mean, you saw twice in the third quarter where Mike Conley was trying to guard against Dennis. And the first play, I think Dennis was trying to set up or looking to set up an action um, where the Raptors probably had like two screens and somebody lifting from the corner to come up to the top to receive the pass from Dennis at the top. And I think Conley, being the wily veteran that he is, was kind of like, okay, I kind of see what's happening here. Kind of shade over a little bit, maybe take away a little bit of the passing lane. And Dennis was like, okay, all right, forget that play then. I'm just going to jet downhill. And it's just in a blink of an eye. He's out to the basket, and he's stretching there, and he's finishing. And then the next play down, kind of the same deal, where it was maybe even semi-transition. But, you know, Mike Conley, who's a pretty quick guard, and even though he's older, he's still really, really, you know, pretty good. Um, yeah, Dennis was just able to beat him um, with a straight rip through and then just jet right down to the basket. That quickness is real. But I, I think even beyond that, I mean, just the ability for him to get north-south, that's going to be so big because for the Raptors, big wings. Like, there's a lot of advantages that – a guy like Pascal can bring, a guy like, you know, Scotty and OG can do, but they don't have that quickness or that, like, ability to instantly get into the paint and, and just cause something to happen with the defense, right? There's so much where, you know, because Pascal and Scotty and OG aren't bursting past their man, they can have layers of help loading up, and we saw that plenty of times today, you know, that that's where Gobert and Towns' blocks were against the Raptors' bigs um, trying to attack um, under their wings, but you know, with Dennis, just that little bit of north-south action is going to be really important. I mean, the pick-and-roll game we didn't see as much today, but again, there was no space for guys to roll into. Guys were just in the paint. I don't know how Gobert was not called for three seconds in the key, like, constantly. It was He was just in there all the game. The whole whole game, he was there. But ultimately, you got enough of that perimeter playmaking from Dennis. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was really, really important to, to have his minutes. I mean, I think the inverse of that, the bench was just, you know, not really contributing uh, Malachi is 10 minutes committing four fouls minus 14 in 10 minutes in a game where the Raptors win you're you know minus 14 it just sticks out 
And, you know, it's not like he was screwing up every play, but there are lots of plays he was screwing up. Like, you know, I think maybe the one chance he had to really do something uh, in a really positive way was the Raptors, you know, break. They got out in fast break, and, um, you know, it was like Gobert one-on-one against Malachi. And, you know, point guard against one of the, you know, most lumbering centers in the league, right? Like, you got to be able to at least create something. And Malachi tries to attack him, um, you know, and tries to kick it to the wing, and... Kyle Anderson just picks off the pass and it ends up in a fast break for the Timberwolves where Malachi has to take a hard foul on Nas Reed, um, breaking the other way to give up layups or uh, to, to give up free throws. Like, you know, just not taking his chances. Defensively having, you know, forced a foul. I mean, some of those possessions, whatever, he's trying to box out Cat down low uh, off a switch. Like, okay, you're probably going to have to foul him, right? But, like, it's just, you know, still, there was just no contribution on, on that front. I mean, he knocked down a three in the third quarter, which was huge. Darko did go to him for two shifts. It's not entirely his fault, the plus minus, but, you know, just not enough contribution from that position. And listen, Darko is giving these guys chances, right? Guys are getting the opportunity to play. Um, and especially at the guard position, it's really just Dennis and, and Malachi. Those are the only two guys who are really factor in there, especially as point guards, and uh, just did not see enough from Malachi. I didn't really see enough from Gary as well, although I didn't really mind the way he played. I thought he actually made some good passes in terms of like Darko and sort of like trying to bring more passing to the team like Pascal and, and Gary definitely made more passes and more instances this game than they were last season where a lot of those opportunities especially when they get into that mid-range they can just pull like they're really good at that but they're making that extra pass and we saw Gary I think set up OG for the three again just kind of like a little driving kick I mean we're talking about very basic things but you know in previous years they just weren't having those right but unfortunately for Gary, you need him to actually do some of the scoring. And he got blocked going downhill a couple of times, and he couldn't really get some threes to drop. It's unfortunate. The thing with Gary is, especially if you're bringing off the bench, if he's not really hidden for you, you can just you can just kind of like keep him on that bench, right? And the Raptors had, you know, options to come off that bench. A little surprised that Chris Boucher didn't come into the game at all. I mean, McDaniel's did an okay job, but like ultimately, I think Chris can definitely contribute more than Jalen. I think there's an offensive rebounding factor with Chris that I think is pretty important in terms of uh, what he can contribute offensively. But, um, yeah, ultimately, you know, um, you know, no, no Chris there. So that was a bit of a surprise. Uh, Darko did say after the game, but, um, you know, it, that Chris is, what, the ultimate professional. Uh, and that, uh, you know, he did communicate what the rotation would look like and how Boucher can stay ready and get back into the rotation. But it does seem like he's out, I guess, for now, um, which is surprising to me. I thought Chris actually played a decent role in preseason and he even started that game and he fouled out that game but still I mean if you got a chance to start it's hard to imagine you're just going to go straight out of the rotation and you know I, I do think that McDaniels does bring some things maybe a little bit more solid like on ball defense will switch ability I think you know it's a little bit better than Chris but I think it's just an overall effort that Chris brings and um, that you know I just didn't really see that pop here from McDaniels but hey listen if you want to go with him um, you know, I, I, I don't think it's like that big of a difference. Um, having said that, though, like, yeah, I mean, basically your only real positive contributor off the bench tonight was Precious in 24 minutes. I thought he did a really great job. I love the rebounding aspect that he brings because, you know, sometimes you play some small ball centers, like a six foot eight center, but they don't really rebound. And, and even though you can switch and you keep the ball in front, those are good things defensively. You still need somebody to end those possessions, especially against those seven footers. And Precious just goes up there and just rips the ball down. I love that about him. Um, you know, that's where I think, again, rebounding-wise, like, I think Chris is a better rebounder than McDaniels. I think Chris is just a better player than McDaniels, period, right now. Um, but he didn't get in the game. And we'll see sort of what it will take to sort of get him into the game. Grady did get into the game, and um, there was a massive cheer for him, just like there was a... He probably got the loudest cheer out of everybody when the Raptors did the intros for the whole team to start the season. He only played two minutes. 
Um, missed a reverse layup, kind of went. It was a good cut, um, and then tried to like windmill it and finish it on the reverse side. I think he might have got blocked or whatever, but yeah, ultimately it wasn't in the game long enough for me to truly evaluate off of two minutes. But uh, yeah, essentially a nine-man rotation from him today, uh, and we'll see. I, I, I do hope that Chris is able to get in there because I do think there's a, certainly an opportunity for him to play. But there is a lot of redundancy, and the Raptors do have a lot, a lot of these wings, and it's a big advantage for them, but it also does mean that some nights somebody will be uh, odd man out. We didn't see Otto, for example, either, uh, although I was less surprised to see that. So, um, yeah, honestly, a good win. I think it showcases a lot of what the Raptors can do well. I think uh, just to wrap up the show, obviously, your three stars from tonight's performance. I'm going to give the first star to Scotty Barnes. I thought his energy throughout this game was awesome. Um, slow start, uh, definitely a bit of a slow start, you know, wasn't as involved offensively. I think it's still a bit of a case where it's like, you know, similar to last year where so many other guys were trying to initiate and get started that, you know, it was kind of like, a, excuse me, like, you know, maybe you take it, maybe I take it, you know, like it just a little bit, um, not even a pecking order, just kind of like, okay, everyone has an opportunity here. Let's see who's got it. But as Darko sort of shuffled his rotations around and, and Scotty was, even though he was a first sub, uh, you know, in the game in terms of he came out, I think, in the seven-minute mark of the first quarter, and he came out uh, early in the third quarter as well. He's still able to play 37 minutes and play extended stretches. And even though there were a couple of moments where he looked winded, similar to the rest of the team, lots of guys looked winded in this game. I mean, first game of the regular season, guys are not going to be at peak conditioning. But at the same time, 37 minutes, great, great effort throughout, uh, recovered well to finish the game strongly, even things that are, like, really, really smart, right? So, for the Raptors, they were up six with like 11 seconds left, and the Timberwolves were inbounding the ball, whatever. Inbound the ball, they missed the first shot. You know, they win the tap out. Car Anthony Towns hits a really, really difficult three off a really great uh, closeout by Dennis. Like, honestly, so good that it was almost a foul, which would have been a horrible thing to give up in that moment, but Car Anthony Towns hits the three, right? And all of a sudden, there's 0.3 seconds left on the clock. And, you know, Precious, who was right under the basket, just kind of walks away from the ball and just kind of, like, lingering, whatever. Meanwhile, Scotty, who was at the top of the floor, recognizes the situation. It's like, yo, if we inbound the ball, uh, we basically kill the game right here, right? But we just need to make the quick inbound right here. We don't want to need the timeout, nothing like that. We just need to burn 0.3 seconds. So Scotty makes that hustle to even just get that quick inbound in. Um, he runs two out of bounds, picks up the ball, throws it to Pascal, and Pascal is able to run the clock off again with only 0.3. Little things like that, even time management where the Raptors had another huge play where OG tipped it away from Gobert late in the game, and uh, that led to a breakaway where Pascal threw it ahead to Scotty. And Scotty, I mean, he, he likes to do the look back anyway. That's been a thing that he's been doing since high school and, you know, and uh, college as well. But he actually delayed his dunk about a, at least a second and a half to wait for the Timberwolves to get back before he finally flushed it. And even just killing that little bit of extra clock, especially in the position where he's wide under the basket, two hands, you know, it's a guaranteed dunk, basically. Um, you know, even just killing that little bit of time, there's just there's that extra bit of um, smarts that really comes with him. But overall, just the game he played was really, really good. Some great uh, opportunities in transition. The speed to run it in transition both ways. Uh, you know, the blocks, the help side defense. Um, you know, I, I think there's still a couple things to clean up. Like, I would say this is above average for him but like close enough to average where it's like I know there's like definitely another gear to get to I think the scoring wise you know there's more opportunities here even cleaning up a couple of turnovers made a couple of two ambitious passes but like yeah 17 points eight rebounds five assists two steals five blocks I mean he's three steals away from a five by five game like that's amazing that's amazing and he played a team high 37 minutes but I loved his energy I loved the way he brought everything and uh you know the smarts to top it off too I think your second start is going to go to OG and Anobi. 
Um, slow first quarter, um, you know, was, was, was late on Anthony Edwards and made a couple bad offensive reads. But as the game went on, I mean, there's still a couple moments where he's just like a little clumsy with the ball and stumbles. And, you know, those are moments that, I don't know, I mean, hopefully you can just limit them. But with OG, they do seem more pronounced. But overall, played a really nice game. Um, gave you, what, four threes, took nine attempts. I love it. I want that to continue all season. He's going to need to be, like, the fact that he took nine threes and only 13 shots overall, so nine threes and four twos, like, that's cool with me. That really is cool with me. I mean, like, a lot of this game, he was getting guarded by Mike Conley, and the Raptors could have just said, okay, clear out, get OG in the post, get him the ball against Conley, let him, let him work. But honestly, not the best use, to, not the best way to attack OG, or to, to attack, to, to use OG offensively. The best way to use him is in transition, off of cuts, and knocking down as many threes as he can. I don't even mind if he starts gunning for threes, but definitely no more like turning down threes and getting into the mid-range and trying to do something from there. Like, no, you are taking that three. If you're open or you are semi-open, you're taking that three. And if you have to and you're driving all the way to the basket, well, if there's a very clear lane, definitely go get the layup or dunk. But otherwise, you know, make the next pass out. That mid-range shot for OG is just not something I really want to see, especially at the expense of more threes. But his defense, I mean, what more can you say? I mean, two steals, three blocks, guarding against Anthony Edwards, the game ceiling, the defensive sequence as well. I mean, he was just awesome and, and tireless in his work. And he looked like he did it kind of strain himself a little bit at the end, but it seems like he's healthy. So um, great game from OG. Uh, him and Scotty were, were, were awesome and, and very vital to this win. And then your third side is going to go to Dennis Schroeder. 22 points, 3 rebounds, 7 assists, uh, 2 turnovers, plus 10 in this game, 33 minutes, 8 of 17 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3, 2 of 2 from the foul line. I mean, uh, yeah, just, you know, it was a really, really good game at point guard. I think it was a game that really needed it. Like, they needed all these points from Dennis. They needed all his playmaking. But he delivered and he provided it. And I still think there's a bit of a balance to be struck. Like, you know, I never got the sense that Dennis was, like, forcing his own offense or, like, looking for his next shot. Just making the right reads and making being smart. Even doing sly things like a little cut dribble that will that like I think Nikhil Alexander Walker was complaining for as a carry. I mean, it was just a really really nice move or like a little bounce pass here or there. But uh, ultimately, yeah, you just need that perimeter scoring. And I do worry, you know, because this is not what he's going to average for the season. I do worry on nights where it's like the Raptors have enough perimeter scoring, like they just feel like one guard short, and they felt that way for like I don't know the last three seasons. Um, but Dennis did really, really well tonight, and it, you didn't really notice the fact that you know Malachi had such a bad game or, or Gary had such a quiet game. So it was okay for now, but you know you don't want to have to live and die based on this. However, he did great, and congrats to Dennis on, on his debut. Might have a surprise for you tomorrow on the show. Uh, your Gerald Henderson Award winner from this performance. So um, it's a little tough. Honestly, I might go with Gobert. Like, he had a surprisingly effective game. Uh, 15 points, 13 rebounds, and assists, two steals, four blocks. I think a lot of it was just like, you know, him being able to be in position to make so many plays at the basket did change a lot of what the Raptors um, were looking to do off- defensively or offensively. Like, he, that's what he does. He's a huge disruptor on defense, especially if he's never going to call for defensive three seconds uh, and also is allowed to goaltend shots. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, he got behind the defense a couple times. The funny thing with Gobert is just he's so, like, he's so bagless. Like, it's. He's just one of those players where, like, the the way the game is played, he's super effective. But that does not mean he is super skillful. In fact, I would say his offensive skill set is, like, really, like, just really, really tough. I would say the only decent thing is he's able to catch enough lobs. But anytime he puts it on the floor, anytime he needs to spin, anytime he needs to take one dribble, it is just a guaranteed stop. Like, honestly, if Gobert had, like, even just 20% more bag, he would have had, like, a 30-20 game tonight. Like, he just had so many great opportunities, but he just flubbed them. But ultimately, I think he still did contribute quite a bit. So 
if I had to pick a guy, I'd go with him. But honestly, the Raptors did a great job defensively across the board. And uh, if it wasn't him, it was Kyle Anderson, uh, who I said knee how to many times from, uh, from, from 500 feet away. But uh, yeah, that does it for the game. Thanks everyone for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Again, you know, big changes on the show this year. Let us know what you think. Uh, you know, hit us up in the, you know, uh, where can you hit us up? I guess on the iTunes reviews, on the Spotify reviews, write to us on social, write to us on the emails. Uh, and let us know sort of what you feel about the show. Obviously, we've brought a lot of energy and a lot of uh, guests to the show, and I guess you'll hear a lot more of that. But, you know, expansion to two hours, covering a lot of NBA, you know. Um, so let us know. Um, but it, it, for now, thanks everyone for listening, and uh, I'm going to sign off. <laughs>